Today's daf is daf samachay, page 65. And Chavra, don't miss Chaparayim. I mean, don't. We only have one more day. One more day for Mesechah's Nazir. Incredible, Mamish, incredible. All right, we're going to miss it, but enjoy it while we have it. Like people, yeah? Yeah? Like people. We appreciate what we have while we have it. So we're going to pick up from the Mishnah four lines from the bottom of Samach Dalit Amr Bez. We're going to review the Mishnah and this Mishnah. And today's daf is going to focus primarily on what is considered a set burial as opposed to what is considered a temporary burial. Then Afgamina, what's the difference? And we touched on this in the yesterday's daf. If something's, if a person's buried there temporarily, so then you're allowed to move the kever. You're allowed to move it. It wasn't meant to be there bechal. If it's there permanently, then you're not allowed. Okay. And we mentioned yesterday that there's some nafkaminas. You should know that there are uh, places where every person who they bury, they'll always bury the person conditional that if we want to exhume the body and bring it to Eretz Yisrael, we have the rights to do that. There's some places and some rabbanim and uh, they're very makbid to do everything else time. In case one day you want to exhume the body, so at least it was done with a condition. Otherwise, there's a permanent burial place and you have a problem. So we say we're burying here temporarily vis-a-vis being buried in Eretz Yisrael. Rav Maisha has a tshuva saying you have to wait at least a year if you do that. But after a year, you have to wait for the body to uh, decompose for up to a year. But after a year, then uh, you're, allowed to, uh, you're, you're allowed to exhume the body. But the, the practical nafkaminis for our Mishnah is that a temporary burial you'd be allowed to move to move the tumma out of the way. If it's a permanent burial, you wouldn't be allowed to. And how do I know if I find a body, whether it is permanent or temporary? So that's where we pick up. Zot the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, If you find a dead body somewhere, betchila, for the first time, there was no status at all. Nobody knew at all of somebody being buried here. So what do I do with this? Am I allowed to move the body? Mushkov kedarkai, if it's lying, kidarkai, lying in the regular way, meaning we know when you bury somebody, there's a form that the body's supposed to be in. The body has to be straight out. It cannot be in a fetal position. It's right. The hands are spread out. The mouth is closed, so on and so forth. And you could tell it looks like a Jewish uh, burial. The halacha still is, nightlight ve'es tifusasa. You could move the body along with some of the earth that's underneath it. Okay. So you move the body and some of the earth. How much? We'll see. What about Shnayan? What about if you see two bodies? You could take them and the earth. What happens if you find three bodies, again, all lying in the same position, the same, lying the same way, head and feet are directed the same way and totally straight out? If there's between four and eight amas separating them, this is considered a shunas kvaris. This is considered an intentional burial spot. This is a gravesite. This is a tomb, so to speak, right? Now, the Maynaf Kamina, what's the practical differences? What we have the way we explain the Mishnah, what we explain the Mishnah with. If I find one body, I could move it. Because I could assume, what's one body doing here? It must have been two chevro were walking, <laughs> a guy kicks the bucket, his friend buried him, and now years later, or whatever it's coming out, we're exhuming a body, but it was never meant to be a permanent resting place. 
If it was two, we could imply the same thing. Once you have three, though, you have to assume that these people were buried here intentionally and you're not allowed to move them. Here we go. Top of today's daf, Samachayam and Halif. Once you have three bodies buried together, you can't just say, okay, so the Beis HaKvaris, the cemetery for these three guys, covers a 12 amma span, let's say. They're four ammas apart from each other, so 18, 24 feet. And then uh, I'll leave them here and go. Says, no, no, no. You know, says, Mish, you know what else you need to do? Check 20 amas in each direction for further bodies. Yeah, now that it's three. As long as you have three, now you're going to go and check for more bodies 20 amas away from these three bodies. But if you have one, couldn't there no. be? No. 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 Because you only found one. Exactly. Exactly. If it's one, so that's considered a temporary spot. You're not obligated to look for anything else. This was a temporary random, random burial. But once I have three, and this is, a, this is an assumption of purposeful burial, now I have to start checking 20 amas away from the mace to see maybe the cemetery continued. Okay, maybe there's there's more people here. And let's say I do find another person, twenty amas away, by they command lalon So then that becomes the new border of the cemetery, and now you got to check twenty amas from that other body, sheraglayim ladover, because we have raglayim ladover. Literally means we have legs to the matter. We already started getting a lot of detective work and information here that this is meant for people to be buried. This area is meant as a burial plot. Because even though, ready for this? What if I would have found that body 20 amas away? That would have been the first thing I found. Would I have been obligated to look for these other three? No. I would have just moved that one. Yeah, Gishmak, right? So if I would have only, if I would have found that first, what would Allah have been? Move the body with the dirt. But over here, you can't do that anymore. Because I already have my first three. Now I have this. And we don't view that one body like a new, a new situation. That body now connects to the original three. And hence, I cannot just move it with the dirt underneath it. It becomes part of the established cemetery. Okay, very gishmak. Zokt, the Gemara, the Gemara says, Amr Abuda, Abuda says, Matzah, Pratlim, Matzoi. This, that you found a grave, means excluding a, a situation where there was Matzoi, a grave that was already found. Okay. Now, mean, what does this mean? If you have one person purposely buried somewhere and everybody knows about it, you can't just exhume the body. It's when you found it and it was unknown, now I could assume it was a temporary burial. Why was there a monument there? Why is there anything put up? Why is there any... Uh... But if it was known, everybody knows, everybody in town knows, but the, the, there's, a, the, there's a plot. So now even though it's one, you can't just move it. It's permanent. Mace, and this that it said you found a corpse, a mace, Prat Laharuk. It excludes somebody who was killed. Okay? Exclude somebody who was killed. Now, if somebody was killed, we're going to see that they don't count as one of the three bodies to make a permanent burial spot. Mushkov, and it was lying there, Pratli Yoshev. It excludes a body which is in a sitting position. Kedarkai, and we said this corpse was laying there in the usual way, Pratli Munach Ben Yerechov, to exclude 
a body in a fetal in a fetal position. Tani Ula Barchinna, Ula Barchinna taught us, Mes Shachaser in Leitfusa Vleishkunas Koras. You should know, if you have a partial body, so it, there, there's no Chiyuv to have the extra earth come along with it, nor is it counted towards the three bodies that we now, cons- that, that we now look at it like a cemetery. So if I have two and a half bodies, it's not counted as a, uh, a Besak Varas. And in all these situations, meaning if I knew about it or it wasn't killed or it's in a fetal position or a sitting position, my time of life, what's the reason why the halachas of our Mishnah don't apply to it? If the, any of these things change. Amrinon, because we'll say, this mace may not be a Jewish mace, may not be a Jewish corpse. You could assume it's a non-Jewish corpse. They don't have the halachas that we have of intentionally burying a whole body together with, uh, you know, being in, uh, in the right position. And therefore, um, it doesn't have these halachas forbidding us to exhume the body and move it. The halacha of a gayusha body is you're allowed to exhume the body and move it. So it's not going to give any sort of permanence to the burial. Okay. So, yeah, very good. Why does it need to meet all the conditions in our Mishnah? Where it was not sitting, not feeling, because go and bury however they want. You know, something's meaningful to them. A dad loved sitting on the recliner. You know, we're going to bury him in a recliner. Right? They don't have these halachas, so they just do whatever they do. So now, if something changes from the way that he had buries, no, uh, no, uh, we don't consider this to be a cemetery, and we don't consider it if it's. Uh, one person, we don't know for sure that it's a yid, and therefore we'll say just exhume the body. You don't need to take any earth with it. No, no earth is assumed to have been uh, tummy. Matzah What happens if he found two bodies? So, Raishai Shalzeh, Bitsad Margalaisav Shalzeh. And the bodies are in a line. Not in a, uh, the best way to put this. Uh, vertical? No, the word's not vertical. The word is, they're in a straight line. So instead of being side by side, columned, in a columned row, one on top of the other. Okay? The two bodies are one on top of the other. The head of one is at the foot of the other one. Okay? So they're kind of, one, not, not, the two bodies aren't side by side, but they're in a row. They're in a line, a path like. Okay? So where the head of this one is at the feet of the other. So now also we don't uh, assume that it's a uh, uh, Jewish burial. And it's also not considered a Shunas Kvaris. But if he finds three, this is interesting. What if he finds three corpses? One of the corpses is known to have been buried there. Two were unknown. And you can mamish hear this case. Mamish hear this case. Okay? What happens is everyone knows there's one person buried there. You go to exhume the body and it turns out there's more bodies. But you didn't know about the other bodies. So remember Armish said, you do, if you knew about the bodies, so now can't exhume it. Yeah, it's there permanent. Over here, you knew about one, you didn't know about the other two. So what, what's Allah over there? One new and then, the, or if you have one that was unknown and two that were known, um, then we say it like this: We're going to say that you do need to take the earth. You do need to take the earth with it. We'll see why. But a beisakvaris, it's not. Meaning you have to 
have not known about all three in order to look at these three, put them together and say, this is a burial plot. Mm. You, it can't be that it came about to be known in different ways. I knew about one, didn't know about two, knew about two, didn't know about one. All three need to become known at the same time. My said Rabbi Yeshevav, there's a story with Rabbi Yeshevav, Shabbodak, and what's the Shabbodak. He checked the ground. Umatzon, he found Shnayim Yiduim, two bodies that were known, Ve'echad Tchila. And one body became known, Tchila, for the first time. Nobody knew about this. Ubikesh Lasaysam Shunas Kvaris. And he wanted to say it's a cemetery. Two were known, and now I found the third one. And he says, Oh, you see, three Yidim buried together. It has a, the Allahs of a cemetery, it's permanent, you can't move anybody. Amalai Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said, very interesting expression. Anything that you worked on, meaning you checked the ground over here, right? You check all, you know, all your hard work, went for nothing. Why? Because everything has to happen at the same time. And therefore, you putting in all that effort, putting in all that work to try to find more bodies to make it a cemetery when only one was known? No. I'm sorry, when, when, when two were known? It's not going <coughs> to make it to a cemetery anyway, so it didn't help you at all to go and find the third body. Either way, you're allowed to remove the other bodies. Okay. Nightlon ve'est fusosim. We learned in our Mishnah that you not only are allowed to exhume the body, but you're obligated to take some of the earth underneath it as well. Hechi dami tfusa. Oh, what's the source to tell me that some of the earth underneath the body need to be exhumed along with it? Um, Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda says, Amar Krosh, Tetan Pasuk, this Pasuk is going to Yaakov Aviyinu. When Yaakov was in Mitzrayim, he asked Yosef to swear that he'll get him out of there, bury me in Eretz Yisrael when it comes time for the Gula. So what? So uh, I'm sorry. Yaakov wanted to carry on the sign right away, right away. Yeah, they they took him out. He didn't wait for the gula by uh, Yosef who came out by the gula. Yaakov even they took him. The shvatim took him to uh, the Mars of Machpelah. He says, "Unasasani mi Mitzrayim, carry me out of Mitzrayim," which means toil imi, take Mitzrayim with me. Why are you mentioning Mitzrayim? Get me out of here. Take me from Mitzrayim. So it's hinting to taking a little bit of earth of Mitzrayim along with my body. Well, how much earth is expected to go with the body? How much go along with the body? Pirish Rebbe Elazar. Rebbe Elazar says, Night del Afar Tichuach, you take soft earth, the Chaifer Bibisula, Gimel et Spice. And then you take, you dig into besula, into virgin soil, which is soil that's never been worked on. Just soil that's there, it's never been plowed, never been played on, or whatever. And you take three fingers, uh, uh, three fingers uh, deep into the soil, and that's how much you bring along with them. So you take all of the soft dirt that's underneath the mace, plus three fingers length underneath that. That's a challenging question. The Kamashir Tfusa, we have a Bryce which says, How much is the shear of Tfusa? How much earth should go along with the body? He should take Kismin. Kismin is decayed coffin wood. 
decayed, decayed coffin wood. You take kismin, the ashak sosais, and you take the ksosais. Ksosais is the earth that clearly has in it deteriorated corpse. The zoyrek esavadoim, and you can get rid of something, any earth, that vadai, that you know for sure, is not tame. There's going to be some earth that's there, apparently, that you could tell there's no corpse in this earth. That you don't need. Uminiach esas But you leave, you keep the sveikas. If there's some earth there that looks like there may be decayed, the word's not decayed, that's coffins decayed, decomposed corpse, you're obligated to take all of that. And the rest, meaning anything else that's there that that uh, you know could be could be body, we use that and count it towards most of the um, most of the binyan, most of the makeup, the building of the corpse. Or a a raiva, a quarter kav of bones. Or we take a spoonful of the corpse dust that we learned about earlier. So what are you taking? I'll tell you what you're not taking. Anything that for sure does not have corpse. Right? It says anything that for sure does not have corpse, just get rid of it. What are you taking? The decayed coffin pieces, the decomposed body, anything that have a suffix about decomposed body. <clears throat> now we said, in the name of Rabbi Elazar, what should you take? Along with the body, three fingerful deep of earth. Does this Bryce say anything about extra earth? No, just it says actually the opposite. It says that if you know there's earth that clearly was underneath the corpse, don't take it, throw it away. So why are you Rebbe Lazar saying to to uh, take the soft dirt and then dig even deeper? That's not, that's not what Bryce says. Bryce says if you're exhuming a body, you take any part of the earth that might have had that can have a body part or a coffin part there. That's it. Answers Gemara who Damar ki Aitan. Rabbi Lazar holds like the following Tan. The Tan learned the Bryce of a Kamashir Tfusa Amr of Yechen Amr of Yechen Ben Azai Noitel Afar Tichuach V'Chayfer B'Bsula Shalishes Boys. Okay, like Rabbi Lazar's opinion. Basically, says the Gemara. You know why it's not a question on Rabbi Lazar because. You're right, the Brysa argues on him, but he's got Tanayim backing him up. So it's a Machlekes. That's it. See, he himself is an Amir. Zerbalazar himself is not allowed to argue on the Brysa. But if he finds a Tana backing him up, on the level of a Brysa, is in the height. So Gemara is answering it's a Machlekes. Bottom line, how much is Tfusasan? How much the earth you take along with the body? We have Machlekes. Between Rabbi Yechenon Mishum Ben Azai, who says... You take all the soft earth and three fingerfuls down, and the other price says you take anything that could possibly have corpse or cough. Okay, very good. Viter. Next. The Mishnah says, Baidek Heimenu. Once you find the three corpses, now you need to check from there 20 amas to see if there's any further bodies. We now turn to the top of Samachay of base. Amara Wawava Rava says Bonakupino. Let's say he checked his field, Upina, and he was Mefane. He removed the body. Bodak Upina. And he did it again. Bodak Veeshkach. And then he checked and he sees a third body. Okay. So now we got a problem. So it happened was like this. First he checked, there was one body. So he says, okay, I'm exhuming the body. I don't want body in my land. 
Must have been temporary. Body's out. Starts plowing his field. Feels soft earth near that first body was. Checks. Second body. Two bodies. All right. Exhume it. By the time he found the third body, two were already out. See, we said when you have three bodies, now it's called the gravesite. And you're going to have to check 20 Thomas in each direction. So we want to know what happens if you find the third body when the original two bodies aren't there. Do we still say this is a three-body find or do we look at each body individually? Okay. Says the Gemara. So this, this uh, third finding cannot be moved. The third body needs to stay there because now you know this was a burial plot and this body was put there permanently. However, the two bodies you already exhumed, you have no obligation to put them back. Wherever you rebury them is fine. Got it? So the third one established, it's very sensible. Third one established that this is a set burial place. So now it's the third one, can't move it. First two, what's done is done. Fine. Another way to learn that Allah is that no. Three, all three need to be found together. And if I already removed two, the third one's not considered the third one. It's considered the first. And therefore, you would be allowed to move it. Use your common sense. Come on. You're going to tell me you're allowed to move the third one? What's, what's the reason why when you find three bodies, you can't exhume them? Yeah, you know it was put there permanently. So the third one, by the time you get to the third one, now I know. So why would the Allah be that I could move it? They found Ila, they found the reason, and they did this in order to purify Eretz Yisrael. Okay. You said they found the reason. It's an assumption. It's an assumption. That's why. We want to be Matar Eretz Yisrael. Okay? Which means like this. Let's explain. Hold on. Let's focus on this for a moment. You have a couple minutes. Focus on this for a moment. So, do I know for sure the three bodies are permanent? No. No. But what do I have here? A Chazaka. Is a Chazaka a status of Adai? Does it tell me for sure? No. Possible three guys died at the same time in a car accident in order to put them and three guys in the ground. So why am I saying if you ever find three bodies, we know it's permanent. It's an assumption. It's an assumption. That's what Rish Lakish is explaining over here. We're saying, I, uh, why are you telling me that rubble would hold you could move the, thir- the third body? Well, you know it's a permanent cemetery. Comes along Rish Lakish says, no. The third body, you don't know for sure it's a permanent cemetery. And therefore, if the first two are gone, I could be lenient. If you find all three together, so we have an assumption. We have more than an assumption. We have a status. We have a chazaka. You're all here. If I already moved two bodies, says Rava, and now I have one left, do I have to use the chazaka when there's one body? I don't have to use the chazaka. That's more sensible. To go and say, three bodies we know for sure. Okay, you're right. Once you find the third one, what's the reason that should be different than anything else? You know. You know it's permanent. You're not saying you don't know it's permanent. And therefore... When the situation, when the circumstances change, the halacha could change as well. Okay. Badak 
We said if you find three graves, you got to search 20 amas for any further corpses. What happens if he searched and he didn't find anything else? No more graves. Now what? What's the Shaila? The Gemara is asking an interesting question. Does this really go back and tell me that maybe it's not a full-fledged cemetery? Maybe it's not so permanent. Maybe I need a check to help establish it as a permanent cemetery. But if I don't find anything else, again, it's like a chazaka only. It's not a vadai. No, it's still considered a cemetery. My time, They found a reason to go and uh, be matar There's a lot of rate on this, a lot of t- how this really answers the question. And therefore, some people take this, take this uh, line out. Okay, if you're going to take this line out, then the bottom line is we don't have a, a uh, definite answer to our shayla. Next Mishnah. We have a couple more short Mishnayas. The Mishnah says, Kol Sofek Negaim Betchila Tahar if you have a person who's unsure whether the patch on their skin or their hairs actually is tzaras, so if you have a chazaka of not having tzaras, meaning I'm coming from a state of purity, so then you're tahar. We're going to be lenient. As long as, as long as you haven't put yourself into a situation where you've created a status of being a Mitzayra. Once I've created a status of being a Mitzayra, so now if a suffix arises, I'm going to have to be strict. Okay, so what would be a case like that? I have a Kayin, a Kayin declares Yankel to be a Mitzayra. And then another patch of skin comes up. The Kayin's unsure whether it's more Tzaras, less Tzaras. What is it? How to handle it? Say, you're already a Mitzayra, we're going to Say your tummy with this too, but if a person was tahar and he was there's no tzaras before, then we'll we'll be leaning. Because if once you have a status of being tummy, then any doubts we're going to be strict. But not immediately. What's the source for this? To make him tahar or tummy. Since we start with tara first, you see that we prefer the status of tara. If you're in a state of Tara, we'll keep it like that. If you always prefer Tara, even if you have a status of being Tomei, we should uh, assume uh, Tara. Says the you're right. Rather, the, the statement of Yubiud Amarav, who said, is going on the, the, a different Mishnah, which is, in Baharas let's say he has a Baharas on his skin. A Baharas is a white spot on the skin, and that comes before the two white hairs have sprouted. Okay? Tummy. The Baharas is tummy. Let's say you have the white hair and then the patch of skin. The Lacha actually is, the Lacha is Tahar. You're going to be Tahar. In order for Tsaras to be Tsaras, you need the patch on the skin to come before the change of the hair discoloration. Suffolk tummy. What happens if we have a Shaila about whether the hair came first or the skin came first? He woke up in the morning and it was both. He doesn't know which one came first. Rabbi Merkeya. Excuse me. Rabbi Shua says, then we consider it to be light. 
light tsaras. My keya, what does that mean? Um, Rabbi Yehuda, keya v'tohar. We know if it's a light colored tsaras, it's tar. So we'll be lenient. Be lenient. V'doma keya v'tomei. Since we say tar before tamay, okay, very good. Next mission. B'shiva drachim baitkim es hazov. We've discussed the Thomas Mace. We discussed Thomas Saras, and now we're discussing the tomay of the toma of a zov. What is a Zav? A Zav is a man who has a, a seminal emission or multiple seminal emissions within a certain amount of days that did not come by force. It didn't come, if it came out through, through a stimulation, so then you're called a Balkari. A Zav is when it, it dripped out for a variety of circumstances. So B'Shiva Drachem Baitkin Zav. There's seven ways to check Azov to know whether or not what came out of his body is going to be Tomas Azov or not. How do we check? Achalite Niskak Leziva. Now we're going to check him as long as he doesn't have a status of being a Zov. What do we do? Michael U Michael We know that eating, overeating, drinking too much, that's one of the things that could stimulate the body to Tumazov. So we find out what his diet's been like. Bimasa, whether he was carrying something heavy. Bikfitza, whether he was uh, doing cartwheels, jumping around. Ubechayli, whether he was sick. Also, could lead to these Tumah flows. Uvamara, Ubehir, maybe he, had, uh, he saw something, or maybe he thought about something. Which um, which uh, could lead to the the flow. Now, in all these cases, you're not tummy. You have the same emission as tuma, but you're not tummy because it it's an outside stimula- outside stimulation. Now, it wasn't a stimulation of arousal that would be called a carry. There was no arousal here. It was a seminal emission that came out in the same way as Zav would. But that's what we're going to research. Did you overeat? Did you overdrink? Were you uh, doing cartwheels? Were you carrying heavy things? Were you thinking about uh, a woman? So on and so forth. So over here, you're, the, the, you're not going to be Tamezov. As long as you haven't been a Zov all along. But once we know that he's in a state of Tomas Zov, we don't need, uh, we're not allowed to check. If he has a further flow, we're going to be Machmer. And say you're remaining as of. Alright. Let's say an Ainus happened. Ainus happened. Yeah. What does it mean Ainus happened? He overate some you know, something of that sort, like we said. Um Zara. Or you have Shivcha Zara. Tumayim Shaglayim Ladavar. Again, once you're Tame, we're gonna keep the Tuma. We have we have Raglayim Ladavar to tell me that Lamaisa, you are the uh, Maisa, you are uh, Tame, and even if there are outside possible stimuli, we, we're, we're going to keep the Tumah going. Hamake as Chaviri, if somebody hits his friend, Va'amduhu Lemisa, and it's assumed that his friend is Oymed to die, Ve'heikel Mima Shehoya, and then 
the friend got a little better from the way he was. So you go into the hospital, the guy, Yanko gives Beryl Azazetz, clocks him cold, out. The doctors say the guy's a goner. Then Beryl gets a little better. The, uh, and after he gets better, he gets worse and he dies. The is Misa. We consider you a murderer, even though he got slightly better. In the meantime, you consider a murder. Rebbe says no, Potter, you're Potter. Why? We have raglaim ladaver, legs to stand on, are being lenient. What's the legs to stand on? That he got a little better. Granted, you got this going, but then why did he get better? If it was if it was purely your whack that killed him, so what, why did he get, how, how did he get better? The fact that he got better is raglaim ladaver to say that this uh, this uh, this guy died not uh, directly. From not directly from your hit, okay. Zok to Gemara Menani Mili. How do I know this halacha? All these halachas surrounding a zav that if you're in a state of tumah, you remain tumay. If you're in a state of tara, we're going to be lenient. Amr Reb Nassin. Reb Nassin says, "Amakrav azaves zayvai l'riyash lishes ishkish l'nekevam." By the third flow, a woman, a man has the same halachas of a woman. It says vazov es zayvai. So he put the the pasuk puts lazachar v'lanekeva by a male and a female. So we're going to say the same way by a woman's third sighting of blood, it's going to be uh, tame, no matter what caused it. So too by the by the man's sighting of blood. Once you're in a state of tuma, doesn't matter what causes it, you're going to remain tame. But we learned in a brayso, Rabbi Lazar Aimer, B'shlishes Baitkin. I say, if he has three seminal discharges, we're going to check. We continue to check even after three to see whether there was an outside cause. But Ravias ain't Baitkin. I say, by the fourth one, you don't. Now, by a woman, there's nothing to do with the fourth. So, uh, how's this going to pan out with the pasuk? So Gemara says, Ella be'esim kamiflikis. Machlekes is how to make a drasha on the word s. Rabbi Lazar Darish esim. Rabbi Lazar Darshan is the word, uh, when it says the word Essen, it says, Vazov Es Zoivai, right? The Zov to the, uh, to, to the uh, flow, okay? So Vazov Es Zoivai. Either it means like this the Zov with the flow making him a Zov. Or Vazov Es Zoivai could be the flow Es Zoivai that has another flow, then the problem's going to start. So that's going to be that's going to be the shaila. If the three, if he if he has three flows, is it? Do, do we compare the halachas of male and female across the board, or do we say that no? It's up until the uh, through the four, through the third, you can still be lenient, but the fourth one that we're going to have to start being machmir. Uh, fourth one that we have to start being machmir on. So Rabbana don't darshan us. Okay, we're at the final. We're at the aynes usveikai. We're at uh, the part of the Mishnah, which lets us know, um, gets into the Alachis towards the end of Einzai Usveikai Veshivcha Zarai, when he's already a Zav. So even if he's an Einais, we're going to be Metamehit, even if it's going to be an outside influence, because we already have Raglayim Ladavar, and that's what the next part of the Gemara is going to focus on. We'll hold it here for today. Besham tomorrow, we'll pick up from Einzai Usveikai and Bizeichet Besham to finish. Mesechus Nazir, the Valt. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, Heather.